So the Vikings are going to bring in Raheem Morris to interview for their head coaching vacancy. That's another defensive coordinator. There's been a lot more defensive guys than offensive guys so far. You might be panicking about that. Let's have that conversation and talk a little bit about Raheem Morris's experience here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the Katie Copied Off in Math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. A lot of talk about Raheem Morris, who is going to come in and interview for the head coaching job. I'm a huge fan of that hire. I have liked Raheem Morris for a long time, and I want to explain myself to you, because there might be some things about that name that make you wretch, such as he's another defensive coach. A lot of people don't want that. We'll talk about that, such as he didn't do very well in Tampa Bay his first go around. Maybe we should be wary of that. We'll talk about that as well. But first, let me have let's have that defensive offensive coach conversation. That's going to be, I think, the main thing I want you to take away. And if you're one of those people, I, I talked to one of these people on Twitter on on Tuesday. We went back and forth, and a lot of people are like this that just vehemently dig their heels in, will not accept the possibility of hiring a defensive-minded head coach. And when I say defensive-minded, I mean a head coach off of the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's a much different thing. And so here's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to go in and try to say, well, you know, defense, here's Bill Belichick and look at Mike Tomlin and Mike Frabel. I'm not going to try to throw examples out there because you could probably throw just as many examples of defensive coaches who didn't work out. Instead, let me try to appeal to you a different way. Come on a journey with me and let me ask you what sounds like a very basic question, but answer it in your head. Humor me. Why don't you want a defensive coach? There's a lot of possible answers to this. It could just be, well, we just had one and that didn't work. So let's do the opposite. I think that's perhaps a bit naive, right? Because every person is very different. You know, if you think every single defensive coach will coach the the sport exactly the same, I implore you to look a little closer at these guys. Maybe your take is that you don't want a coach that will be very conservative. Maybe you have this idea of, you know, a defensive coach is somebody like Mike Rabel, who is very conservative, you know, will, will punt on fourth and one a lot, really attached to the run game and all that stuff. And I, for that, it sounds more like you don't want a conservative coach than you don't want a defensive coach because there's nothing inherent about being a defensive coach that makes you conservative. Maybe defensive coaches tend to be more conservative. And maybe if we were closing our eyes and throwing a dart at two different dartboards and one was offensive coaches and one was defensive coaches and we wanted to avoid conservative coaches, we'd throw a dart at the offensive dartboard. But that's not the what we're doing here. We get to have our eyes fully open during this process, and we don't even have to throw darts. We can just walk up and select our favorite guy. I tend to agree. Great, let's go find an aggressive coach. Let's get somebody that that will be, you know, balls to the wall, not afraid of all that stuff. Awesome. If that guy happens to be defensive, but he's been aggressive his whole career, doesn't that sort of alleviate the concern? Of course, that's not the only concern people will have. Another big one will be offensive continuity. Of course, if you're on one side of the ball, let's say you're a defensive coach and you have a good offense, the offensive coordinator does a great job. We're all happy with that. And then that guy gets poached. You have to rehire a new one. But here's the deal. Whether you're on the offensive side or the defensive side, if you have success, your staff will get poached. It's just how it works. Good teams get their staff poached. 
So whether you're on the offensive side or the defensive side, you're going to have to deal with this and you're going to have to be good at getting replacements. You're going to have to be good at hiring. And so the way I see it, there's you can have two kinds of coaches, a coach that's good at hiring and a coach that's bad at hiring. If you're good at hiring, that probably means you're going to have some success and that probably means you're going to get coordinators poached. But if you're good at hiring, you're going to be able to withstand that better. If you're not good at hiring, it's probably a moot point because we're probably not going to have this problem. <laughs> you're going to be firing coordinators, not losing them to other teams. So for me, when it comes to I, I want continuity on the side of the ball continuity and being good, it's kind of, they are kind of two things that can't go together in the NFL. If you're good, you're going to lose that guy. If you're an offensive coach and you're good, you're going to lose that guy. The Vikings are interviewing Kevin O'Connell too, the Rams offensive coordinator. And how many Rams assistants has Sean McVay lost? So what I'm looking for is like, look, if this is going to work out, it is an undeniable reality that you're going to lose coordinators to other teams and you have to be good at replacing them. You can't lose a Pat Shermer and replace him with a John Filippo and have a disaster like that. You can't let that be a giant blow to your team. You have to withstand it. So get me somebody who can withstand those things. Offensive side or defensive side, I don't care. And there are a lot of offensive and defensive people that I would be very excited about. I'd be excited about Byron Leftwich and Brian Dable too. Like I'm with you on those guys, but I want to open your mind and I don't need to change your mind about defensive guys. You can still disagree with me, but all I want to do is challenge you to think about it in a different way where you ask, okay, what is my problem with defensive coaches and what kind of trait can a coach have that alleviates that problem? if I found a defensive coach with that trait, would I still be mad about it? That's what the, the the line of thought I want you to go down. And the question, the answer to that question can totally be yes, but I want to encourage you to challenge yourself in that way. But let's talk about Raheem Morris himself and his arc and that time in Tampa Bay and all the other stuff that he's done and the offensive experience that he does have. Let's talk about all of it. But first, let's talk about my favorite protein bar ever. It is Built Bar. Built Bar is absolutely delicious. They are perfect for this time of year when we're all trying to be good. We all made resolutions, right? And we're But our, tell that to our late night cravings. They don't know that. So when we wake up craving a candy bar, you're going to crave a Built Bar too. Like when you start getting into them, they are absolutely delicious. Covered in 100% chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, raspberry orange if you're into that. And like... 130 calories in one of these bad boys, like four grams of sugar. Compare that to a real candy bar that's like 300 calories, 30 grams of sugar, like totally knocks your whole day off. Reach for a Built Bar instead. To get some, go to Built.com and you can enter promo code LOCKED15 there, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word. Get 15% off of your order at Built.com. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. By the way, big announcement, the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show podcast is going on the road to L.A. for Super Bowl week. Follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. But let's talk about Raheem Morris, who, shoot, might be in that big game if the Rams can knock out a couple of wins here coming up. So let's talk about Raheem Morris. And most of what people are know him for is either being the head coach of a bad Tampa Bay Buccaneers team or being an interim head coach in Atlanta after Dan Quinn got fired. That's probably what people know him for. But let me rewind way further than that. Um, His first experience, I guess, was college football, playing college football. You know, his playing career didn't really go anywhere, but he he did play in college 
Um, and he played for the same guy that coached the New York Sack Exchange, New York Jets, the early 1980s Jets that were so good at tackling the quarterback, they decided we should chart this as a stat and call it sacks. Um, that was kind of his first exposure to that like defensive coaching side of the ball. Eventually, Herm Ed- he caught Herm Edwards' eye, and that was kind of his in. But his first real big experience was in Tampa Bay. And I cannot emphasize enough how special this Tampa Bay and then eventually Washington, this group of staff was, this group of Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur and Mike Tomlin was on that staff, and then Raheem Morris as well. Whole bunch of future head coaches, whole bunch of Super Bowls up in there, and it was a John Gruden team. And that staff, that group, is really tight-knit, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And they could tell you a million stories of, like, Mike Tomlin and Raheem Morris and Sean McVay and uh, Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan all sitting up late into the hours of the night debating stuff about football, talking about life and all this stuff. And they all got really close and they would talk a a lot to each other. One story that I think Raheem Morris told, maybe it was Mike Tomlin, was on a podcast with Peter Schrager and and Sean McVay. Um, They were telling stories about their time in Tampa. And one thing they would do is Raheem Morris did the defensive backs and they would watch film with the wide receivers. So they would hear what the wide receivers' coaching points were. They would hear, hey, this is why you lost that rep, or good job on this, this is why you won that rep. Defensive backs would hear that and then be able to apply it to their own game. And that collaborative spirit ended up making those Tampa Bay teams really, really good. Um, After things ended poorly with John Gruden, and he kind of fell apart there, Raheem Morris, who had just been made defensive coordinator, ends up getting the head coaching job. And he was sort of surprised a little bit by this, although it seemed like a lot of people in the organization kind of knew it was coming and saw that he was going to be the heir apparent. But I digress. Um, He was not ready for that job. He was 32 years old. He was the same age as a bunch of the veterans. And the owners of the Bucks at the time, the GM and stuff, they got really, really cheap, like famously so. This is very similar vibes to Red McCombs trading away Randy Moss. Um, this was the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting rid of a bunch of the key pieces that came on that 2002 magical playoff run, getting rid of those old players, trying to get younger, trying to get a little cheaper. And Raheem Morris didn't really have the cojones to stand up to it and say, no, these are my players. This is who I need. So he ended up working with a whole bunch of young players and a whole bunch of really boisterous personalities that ended up replacing those people. Joey Galloway and Rondé Barber and Albert Hainsworth. This would be like today, um, you know, a, a team made, I mean, a team made of Jalen Ramsey. And uh, he coached D'Angelo Hall in Washington as well. He got a lot better at this later. But like imagine a team of like Jalen Ramsey on it and Antonio Brown and then like the weirdest Jared Allen and Adrian Peterson on it, like weird personalities, guys kind of take some management and he was the same age as these guys. So in an attempt to be collaborative, this is what he learned, right? Collaborate, everybody talk to each other. Let's all be open dialogue. And in an effort to do that, he probably took it a little too far. He got caught like going out to dinners with them and partying with them and stuff like that. And eventually he kind of lost his figure of authority and, and it didn't work out there in Tampa. It should be noted that the entire time he was in Tampa, his quarterback was Josh Freeman. Um, I, that's just context. I feel like that's an important thing to acknowledge. Um, but it obviously didn't work out because Raheem Morris was not ready. And he'll, he'll be the first to tell you, like, no, that went bad. I did a bad job. So after Tampa Bay um, is when he starts to pick up all these new little things. And I, I have wanted for a while to see him get a chance to test it. I would be super jacked if he got the chance to test it in Minnesota, because I think it'll go well. 
I'll explain that all in a sec. But first, let me talk to you a little bit about the art of the Gramble. It is the playoffs. We're neutral fans for like most of these games. I guess you're probably rooting against the Packers, but for like AFC teams or whatever, you're probably a neutral fan. And if you want to give yourself a stake in those playoff games, head on over to betonline.ag and see if you can't lay a wager on their brand new redesigned website. You can bet live in the middle of the game. So if you missed kickoff, no worries. Just go lay the same bet as a live bet as a side. Um, You can also bet on like player props. You can build your own props. You can bet on golf, tennis, MMA, even your favorite Vegas casino games, basketball, hockey, anything you can dream up. So head on over to betonline.ag, use promo code locked on L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to get a 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever your first deposit is, BetOnline matches half of it and plops a whole bunch of extra money into your account. It's promo code locked on at betonline.ag where the game starts. It's like human nature after you fail to go through everything you did wrong and I think try to improve from it or beat yourself up over it, depending on, you know, how, how healthy your relationship to it is. But it's like this natural thing of, of how, you know, what what lessons do I need to learn? Raheem Morris learned those lessons from Mike Shanahan, who took him under his wing after Raheem Morris was fired in Tampa Bay. Raheem Morris deserved to be fired from that job because he wasn't ready and there was a whole bunch of stuff he had not learned yet. He was just too young to do the job yet and he did not have enough experience being like a leader of men and a manager. Mike Shanahan had a very similar experience to Raheem Morris when he had his first head coaching job, which was with the Raiders, and it did not work out at all. And his Denver gig, which is what he was in the kind of waning years of at the time, was the deal. So. When he brought Raheem Morris in and Raheem Morris went back to, I think, being a defensive backs coach, there were a whole bunch of lessons that Mike Shanahan wanted to kind of pass along. Things that he learned being a head coach for the second time that he said, wow, I wish I knew this when I was first, you know, leaving Oakland and and getting ready for my next gig. Among those lessons were like, you have to learn how to hire, which we just talked about how important that is, right? You have to learn how to manage people. It's a lot more about being a leader and about managing people. You have to learn how to listen to people, but not just entirely defer to them because it's still your team at the end of the day and learning that how to strike that delicate balance. One of the things that Mike Shanahan taught Raheem Morris, um, I think the way he put the quote was, look, if you and I have the same opinion, one of us is not necessary. One of us doesn't need to be here. The idea that like a yes man is a detriment to you. Um, is, a, is a lesson that, that Raheem Morris learned. And he took all this under in, in Mike Shanahan in Denver and then eventually followed him over to Washington after Mike Shanahan went there. He was in rooms also learning offense more. I mean, he already had all these kind of late night conversations with like these uh, ultimately brilliant offensive minds like McVeigh and Shanahan in the floor, um, just kind of talking about ball and stuff. But he also was in the rooms when they were trying to figure out what to do with RG3. He would be in those rooms brainstorming along with them. Um, and, and, you know, you compare this to Mike Zimmer, who didn't want anything to do with the offense. He wanted the offense to look the way he wanted it, but he didn't want to put any of the work into it. And of course, that's this huge failure. And then you look at Raheem Morris, who not only was he very interested in the offensive side of the ball, very exposed to the offensive side of the ball and familiar with it. But eventually he just worked there because by the time he was in Atlanta, where he worked under Kyle Shanahan, um, they, at one point they needed a wide receiver coach. He was the defensive backs coach and the passing defense coordinator. So he was like calling the coverages, um, or at least designing them. And they needed a wide receiver coach. And Raheem Morris was in that room trying to help them hire and figure out who, the, who a good person was and who were they looking for. And eventually the idea came up. I, the, the sources of this is disputed, by the way. Some people say it was Raheem Morris saying like, what about me? Some people say Kyle Shanahan came up with the idea, but either way, 
the idea came up that Raheem Morris should be the guy, and he ended up taking the job. Now, he didn't know a lick about wide receiver play, so he actually had to go call the old guys. Terry Rubisky was the wide receiver coach that left. He took an OC job in Tennessee, and he was calling that guy and picking his brain about all these things so he could be a better coach, but he also would, like, apply his defensive knowledge, and, you know, he would do scouting reports on opposing defensive backs and give those to the wide receivers and kind of find a way to use his defensive perspective to give guys like Julio Jones and Mo Sanu and eventually Calvin Ridley an edge. Um, and he was in that job for a lot of years. And again, compare that to Mike Zimmer, who would do like almost the opposite, where his idea of trying to hone an offense was to make things as challenging as possible for them. You know, in practice, he would dial up all these crazy, really challenging blitzes, I guess in the hope that, hey, if you can practice against these blitzes, you know, the actual team and their blitzes will seem a lot easier. Um, but I think it just made it so that they couldn't practice and it also made them look really bad and then Zimmer would get frustrated and all that. Um, and it, there was all this other like communicative, like total meltdown stuff um, that we're not talking about today. But Raheem Morris seems like he's more about, I want to help you get better, not challenge you not to screw up. And that seems like this really, really key difference in one defensive coach to the other, right? Um, especially when it comes to like, we have now seen evidence of this defensive coach successfully working on the offensive side of the ball. Now, what I will say, I don't think he was a great passing game coordinator, which is what he also did. He coached the wide receivers and he also was a passing game coordinator. I didn't love those passing games. They were uber talented and I think they underachieved in Atlanta. So as passing game coordinator, I don't know if that's quite a great mark on his resume. I wouldn't hire him to be my OC, but I don't think anybody's thinking about that, right? It's more, here is a defensive minded guy or a guy that grew up on the defensive side of the ball who will have to work with offensive coaches, here's 10 million examples of him successfully doing that, and we didn't really have that with Mike Zimmer, and of course that turned out to be this really big problem. I think that's really important to look out for. Of course, Dan Quinn would get fired there, Raheem Morris took over, went 4-7 and seven as interim head coach, didn't get the job, he got passed over for the job, which is of course not a great sign, but it seems like Atlanta really wanted to go a another way, they fired their GM and coach, much like the Vikings did, it, it would kind of like be like saying, you know, the Vikings didn't want to hire Andre Patterson and using that as a knock on him, it's like they clearly just want to clear everything out and start anew, so he goes to LA where uh, he works with Sean McVay, and that's where he is now defensive coordinating in the playoffs. Um, that is the Raheem Morris story. And I think, like, going back to the beginning of the show, what are the things that I asked for, right? A guy that knows how to hire. Well, he's been in hiring processes a lot, including in high, in rooms where they were deciding who to hire on the offensive side of the ball, even though he was a defensive guy. He was in those rooms and, you know, gaining that experience. Having that failed head coach stint, I think, like, and, and I think this a lot about retreads, you're gonna like who is ever worse the second time at something than they were the first time and that kind of helped like what can you learn from that stint and do you learn from your mistakes sounds like he did learn from his mistakes and of course some of that stuff just won't replicate itself he's 44 now he's not gonna feel like he needs to sit and like go to parties with the 22 year old players right like, he's not gonna do that again so if you look at the reasons why his old stint failed if you look at the reasons why you don't want a defensive coach none of this stuff really applies to raheem morris 
I think he might just be good at the thing. And I've thought this for a long time. This is not just me being a homer about the guy the Vikings just called. I have thought this about Raheem Morris for a long time. I would be super jazzed at Raheem Morris being the head next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings because he has diverse experience. He has a great perspective. I think he's got a really interesting schematic mind. He's He definitely, according to other people who have worked with him, he's not afraid to kind of think outside the box and take a little bit of a risk schematically. Um, like he would call a lot of invert coverages, which is a really risky thing to do but he would do it to like screw with quarterbacks um, like back in the day when it was kind of a gimmick that was accepted. Now invert coverages suck. So I hope he doesn't keep doing that. Um, but I don't even know if he would call the plays. So I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't know what kind of like staff he would construct and all that, but he's somebody that isn't just like, Hey, look, let's take the best coordinator and promote him to a job that doesn't have a lot of, a lot to do with coordinating. Um, this seems like a guy that can do the job that can do the work. That's why I would be excited about him. So let me know what you think about all that. We will talk, of course, a lot more about all this tomorrow. I'll keep you posted on everything that's going on. Um, GM search-wise, they did their interview with Ryan Poles on Tuesday, so they have three of those left. Those will keep going over the week. You can also check out the Locked On Bets podcast. They'll help you get your rambles straight. I'll talk to you about whatever comes up tomorrow, and as always, Skull.